Hello everyone, my name is Ovin, and welcome back to Keyboard Smash. Hello everyone, and welcome to the 10th episode of the second season of Keyboard Smash, i.e. the finale for this season. I'm kind of shocked that we've made it two seasons already and I'm quite proud of myself. Um, and this finale episode also actually coincides with the end of 2021! Hello 2022! The goat has burned! <laughs> so I kind of want to do a sort of like a review slash recap of the year using lists because anyone who has ever listened to this podcast knows I love lists. So a couple of different lists that we're going to go through and I'm quite excited. <laughs> so stick around and if you like the vibe so far, please feel free to subscribe or follow the potty on wherever you listen to podcasts. And yeah, sit tight, grab a cup of tea, and let's get talking. So I kind of want to start off this episode by going through a list of some personal things that happened this year that had a massive impact on me um, this year. Well, not, not, not this year anymore, 2022 as of recording this, but things that happened in 2021 that were big. Um, first off, I will never shut up about this, but this literally changed my life and it's the fact that I got diagnosed with OCD and that was sort of like a big shocker for me because I don't know, it, it was like I never thought that I had OCD and then I went to therapy and then I was diagnosed with it and I was like oh my gosh why didn't anyone ever tell me that OCD was like this like it's been so much easier for me <laughs> when I was like young and impressionable but Yes, I was diagnosed with OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder. I am back in therapy and I'm actually pretty close to being in remission right now or like in that monitoring stage. I'm really proud of myself. I'm really proud of the work I've been able to do. Um, oh gosh, I might start crying. Actually, no, I think I just haven't been drinking enough water. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was a really big thing for me. And I don't know, shout out to my therapist, I guess. He doesn't listen to this. He doesn't even know. Like, <laughs> doesn't even know that I have an Instagram so yeah. Uh, another big thing that happened this year I started the IB curriculum or the IB program, uh, IB diploma program uh, and I now kind of understand why everyone hates it. <laughs> like personally I don't mind how rigorous it is but it is a very tiring curriculum especially since like my school is really big on events and stuff so when I'm not working on my CAS or my EE or projects or homework, I'm doing something for school that isn't related to academia whatsoever. And it's really tiring. So I think one of my big resolutions, uh, quote unquote resolutions this year is really just time management and like making sure I'm not burning out or like getting so close to burnout as I was last year when I first started the IB curriculum. Um, this one is, the next one is actually kind of personal it's kind of personal it's quite vulnerable of me to share this but i didn't start a quote-unquote talking phase this year which i'm very proud of like if you've listened to this podcast you know that i'm like a bit of a hopeless romantic and there was a point in time i.e like literally a year ago where up until that point in time i valued myself so little that anyone showing any kind of basic human decency towards me like i was convinced like, I was able to convince myself that I was in love with them. But throughout this pandemic, I've been able to learn to value myself more. And I realized that I don't need that. Like, 
the idea of a relationship capital R has been so idealized in my head that when I actually sat down to consider what that looked like, I realized that I didn't even want it. Like, I don't want that kind of responsibility. And it's kind of jarring because I had, up until that point in time, I had built my entire persona on how can I be as, I guess, a quote-unquote attractive, like, personality-wise, um, for this person that I've caught feelings for. Um, but because I don't have that anymore, like, I don't, like, I don't know, there's no external gauge or monitor as to how I'm supposed to behave or my personality or how I'm supposed to define myself. I've sort of started to learn how to just be the person that I am and to just function within my own skin. Um, and yeah, it's just been, and throughout that journey, I realized I don't even really want to be in a talking phase. I just don't. I'm not interested that in that right now, so I don't know. Maybe 2022 will finally be the year for my hot girl summer. And the last thing on a very big list of things that happened this year, uh, this potty. I started it this year. I started it in the summer. It was sort of like just going to be a pet project, but then I found out that I really loved doing this and I really loved just like talking about things and really not like, and just talking at people about things. Um, so yeah, that was a really big, part of my year as well and I just want to say thank you to everyone who's you know listened to this potty subscribed to this potty I look at the statistics like literally every other day and I get to see where everyone is listening from so thank you to that one person in Guyana I think who is listening to this that one person in Japan who I think is listening to this um someone's listening to this in Turkey I'm pretty sure a couple of people are listening to this in the U.S. I think one in Germany um most of them are Indonesian, but thank you so much for all the support that you've shown to this party throughout uh, the last couple of months. But also, I started Conversations with Myself, which is an Instagram account where I sort of just talk about how I talk myself through things. Or sort of like, you know, in regards to my mental health, but also just like teen angst that I'm trying to just work through. So I can sort of show people that like, here's how you can sort of make yourself feel better and sort of those like self-therapy conversations that I have so yeah it's actually a pretty eventful year for me um well not eventful maybe it was more like um it was a really fun year for me honestly it was quite a fun year um and I'm really excited to see what 2020 may bring like I said the goat has burned so expectations are high again (laughs) after that personal info dump we're gonna go to the more fun thing so we're gonna go into like entertainment things now um and one special surprise list um of all the things that i really enjoyed this year yeah that's what i'm gonna call it things that i enjoyed this year i'm gonna go start with albums albums i listened to that were released this year and that i loved when i say this year i mean 2021 number one build a problem by dodie this is dodie's first album this is in my opinion it is so well done it is i think it's such a great representation of how far dodie's come in regards to her music it's just beautiful it's a great album and i think everyone should go listen to it because it's there's this there's this transition between two songs that is so seamless i literally dream about it it's the transition between sorry and when oh i love it when two songs seamlessly transition each other but i'm pretty sure i think like the second half of that album it all transitions perfectly into each other which is chef's kiss okay i need to burp give me a second okay that was pitiful burp no it's not coming out okay 
great album everyone should go listen to it um i think my favorite song off of it is before before the line i think it's called before the line um it's just it's such i've never heard someone sing because it is about their mental health right so like i've never heard anyone sing about it in a way that was angry i guess because oh it's always really sad but this song's really angry it's angry at the things that dodie's had to miss out on or like really didn't have the ability to like quote unquote experience fully it's because of the fact that she deals with um uh depersonalization and derealization and i don't know it, it was really it was it came out at a really rough time for me when it came to my mental health and it gave me an excuse like i, I i'm allowed to be angry at the fact that this is happening and and the impact that it has on my life so yes great album i'm sorry i'm moving around a lot today so if you hear bumps in the background it's that um but yeah great album go listen to it next album recommendation is happier than ever by billy eilish literally this is one of the best albums this year there are there is no song on there i would skip it is so good i'm currently very much obsessed with male fantasy it's that part at the end where it's like an all falsetto but it's so like vulnerable and wonderful ugh loved this album love billy that's it next up we've got planet her by doja cat again this is an album with no skips there are quite a few different no skip albums this year but genuinely i believe this is like going to be her magnum opus but i've already i've seen like some articles online where people are saying that like and doja has said herself that it's like she's really being overworked sort of because of the promotions that she has to do because of the fact that she's already being pressured to by her label to make another album uh i think even though i loved this album i'm kind of sad that it had to come from this place of urgency and pressure so i really do hope that doja 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 takes off like a year like a year and a half or something to really just sort of sit with that music again so that we can get another really great song um and i think my final one is sour by olivia rodrigo now i know i know olivia's currently under some fire because of i don't even like talking about it it's so complicated complicated it's so complicated and like i'm not even there like i wasn't even there like why should my opinion matter it really doesn't but i know that she's currently in some hot water especially in regards to the joshua bassett situation i don't even want to say it out loud <laughs> but yeah uh but this is still one of the best albums to come out this year this is such a great freshman album again no skips literally i have screamed to every single one of the songs on this album probably 20 times i love it so much and um favorite crime is actually the song that i listened to the most this year according to my spotify wrapped so that says anything yeah um now we're going to move to the actually i want to give one uh what's it called one honorable mention and the honorable mention is solar power by lord because even though there are i don't know like this song this song this album is not an album that like you sit and listen to do i mean it's not like sour where you really just sit with it or or happier than ever it's the kind of album that you kind of just put on in a background and there's nothing wrong with that i honestly don't think there's nothing wrong with that because i think the album is really vibey but it's not like i don't know i still love the album a lot i still think that stone at the nail salon and mood ring are probably two of my favorite songs to come out this year but yeah i will say even i get the critiques for that album but i still love it 
Um, now we're going to move on to some of the top songs that I listened to this year. They may not have come out this year, but I discovered them this year. And I also have a little... I'm into burp really quickly. Give me a second. <coughs> Thank you. Um, the only sort of, like, condition I have is that none of these songs can be from one of the albums that I mentioned. Because it's a given that I love these albums. So I love every single one of these songs. So these are your specific songs that I loved this year. Uh, first off, we have La Fama by Rosalia featuring The Weeknd. This is so good. I'm so excited for Motomami, which is Rosalia's new album. I also just love saying her name. <laughs> it's going to be a new album next year. Um, I've watched the teaser trailer clip thing like probably a hundred times. I love it so much. Um, but La Fama is such a great song. It's so dancey, but not in like a dunk, dunk, dunk way. It's, it's like, I just love it so much. You need to all go listen to La Fama. Uh, next up we have, and this is probably going to end up in a lot of people's lists, but all too well, 10 minute version, Taylor's version from the vault. Literally so many parentheses I don't even know anymore. This is such a great song. Um, I know that there are some people who still really like the original all too well version, and I'm fine with that, but I just think this 10 minute version just hits. It just hits, and I loved it so much that like even though it came out probably a few months ago it still was able to make it into like my top 100 listen to most listened to songs this year on spotify so i think that it's a testament to how much i love this song but i also want to give an honorable mention to another taylor song which is willow which is released on evermore if i'm not wrong i was i'm currently like very much in a taylor phase because i definitely fell for the media propaganda where it was like uh, that surrounded taylor especially post-1989, I think that's the name of the album, sorry, I told you, I'm not really up to date with all this, but I definitely fell for that media propaganda, especially during her reputation era, so now that I've sort of unlearned that and relearned her story, I'm really trying to just get back into her music, and I don't know, it's been nice to do that and to not feel guilty about it, I guess, because I felt like, I think a really big part of it is I felt like I couldn't listen to Taylor's music because I was, you know, too much of a feminist. Like, I don't want to listen to pop girl music. It's <laughs> just so stupid. But yeah, getting back into Taylor, um, I sort of started to get back into her at around folklore, I'm pretty sure. So like folklore, and then now with Evermore, and now with all the re-releases, that's how I've sort of been getting back in touch with her. I loved Willow so much. It also helps that whenever I listen to Willow, I think of like every like Willow is such a great ship to apply ship. It's a great song to apply to ships, if that makes sense. Like, it's just oh, <laughs> and I once saw an edit, uh, like a Cherik edit to Willow, and I never realized how much it fit because the first time they meet is in the water after Charles like jumps into the water to save Eric. So it's like y'all this is a great song <laughs> um next up this is a song that i was fully obsessed with for like two weeks listen to this on repeat body bag by chloe mariondo this song is like two and like minutes and 15 seconds of pure deliciousness it's so good it's so it's a great song it's so it's very reminiscent it's like it's a blend between like indie bedroom pop and like Oh, where did my mind go? Paramore. But yeah, it's a blend of that. And it's so good. I love this song. You should all go listen to it. Uh, this one is a 
I honestly added this because of how viral it was on TikTok and I ended up listening to the whole song and I realized I loved it because I love Kali Uchis and it's Sad Girls Love Money, the remix with Amare featuring Kali Uchis and Molly. Great song, I love it. It's such a vibey song as well. Um, it's just like, like, it's just when something is percussive like that, I love it. And my final top song of the year is Love is Dro by Jack Harlow featuring Static Major and Bryson Tiller. That song is literally like, it's so reminiscent. Like the vibe is so reminiscent of Rock Your Body by Justin Timberlake. Like that is the vibe though. It's so good. And it's really groovy. <laughs> it's really groovy. And I just, <sighs> Jack Harlow, my main man, please sir, <laughs> please sir. I'm kind of sad I'll never go to a Jack Harlow concert because he's never gonna do like if he does a world tour He's never gonna come to Indonesia anyways, but Jack Harlow. Hi <laughs> Hello, sir <laughs> um, So yeah, that's my top. I'll just recap it. La Fama, All Too Well, Willow, Body Bag, Sad Girls of Money, The Remix, and Love is Show. Um, Right, so we're gonna move on to the next list. We're gonna talk about movies that I watched this year So it doesn't have to be movies that I specifically, um, uh, what's it called? It doesn't have to be movies that were specifically released this year. It was just movies that I watched this year. Number one, Encanto. Encanto is literally probably the best movie that, wait, no, second best movie that I watched this year. I loved it so much. The music is so good. The animation style is so incredible. And the fact that, you know, I read somewhere that this was probably one of the first, you know, like Disney animations where the female characters are very expressive loved it i loved it and the music like obviously like lin-manuel miranda is um like a genius you know musical genius um the music is so good i absolutely adored uh i still adore we don't talk about bruno and it sounds so good in all of the other language translations like no se habla de bruno is still very as good as we don't talk about bruno right so yeah that's my number one my number two is Spider-Man No Way Home. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be too spoilery, but Spider-Man No Way Home is what Avengers Endgame wishes it was, if that makes sense. It's paced beautifully. The writing is so good. The plot is so incredible. And yeah, it does kind of rely on that nostalgia factor. But regardless of whether or not, you know, like these characters bring a sense of nostalgia for you it's still on its own a very good film so if you haven't watched spider-man no way home go watch it i do encourage that you watch it in a theater because the experience of watching a film like this is something that in a theater is something that can never be replicated like the last film that i watched where the reactions like this was endgame you know it's like honestly like i feel like the energy that went through the theater was so similar to um that moment when um steve picks up that hammer you know steve picks up Mjolnir. so really just go watch it it's such a great film it's incredible i've just realized though as, as i'm about to move on to the next film these all these films were actually released this year so never mind the next one is inside Bobo burnham this is such a good movie. This is such a good movie. The entire soundtrack literally played on loop during the summer for me. I loved this film. I love talking about this film. I could literally just sit here and analyze it for days and days and days. I loved it. 
I think everyone should go watch it. Though I know I watched, I had my mom watch it with me, and she was kind of confused. Like, she didn't really understand it. But then there was me that's like, yeah! So yes, inside of my room, go watch it. Next up, we have Shang-Chi. I think this year was a pretty good year for Marvel when it comes to films. Because of the three films that were released, Shang-Chi, uh, uh, four, actually four, sorry. Uh, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, um, and Legend of Ten Rings, uh, Eternals, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Black Widow's really enjoyed it. I really, I was very invested in the characters. Um, so Black Widow was good. Shang-Chi was very good. And Spider-Man No Way Home is so good. I think Eternals is kind of eh. But I really like, I think it's probably one of the most beautiful Marvel movies to date. So, yes, but Shang-Chi is on this list because, number one, the soundtrack slaps. You've got Nikki Zifania, you've got, like, oh, why did my mind go Warren Hill? I'm pretty sure that's not his name. Um, you've got, um, he doesn't, does he still go by Rich Brian? Yeah, Rich Brian. Um, just so, Warren Hugh, there you go. Warren Hugh, ah, the Higher Brothers, just, it's such a great album. It's one of those, you know, like, it's I, it's very reminiscent of the Black Panther uh, studio album. The one that was released alongside, as like the soundtrack for it, that was released alongside the film. That's what it feels like. That's It's such a good album. The music really makes it, but the story also really makes it because it's all about, like, he doesn't, Shang, Shang-Chi doesn't get a, Shang-Chi, Shang doesn't get, like, a, love interest like you could argue that katie is but like it's really a story about family it's just so good i loved it so much i did kind of fall asleep halfway through during like one of the fight scenes and that's just because i was really tired and it was like 10 p.m and i was like trying not to conk out and this last one is actually my last recommendation is actually an indonesian film i kind of want to watch this other indonesian film called uni but i haven't watched it yet so i can't recommend it but i've heard the reviews are very good but this film i watched with my Grandma, my dad, and my mom, and all four of us cried, and it's Los Men Broto. The plot is so good. Genuinely, you are in captured. I don't even know if that's a word, but like when the story and and, and this, you know, this like it's kind of like a homestay, right? And, and these characters, the characters are so relatable, and the dialogue is so fresh, and you know, it doesn't feel like they're trying too hard it feels like a natural conversation with those natural emotions and the acting is incredible just uh i know some people are very hesitant when it comes to watching films where they might have to use subtitles but if you can watch a uh, parasite i do say that you should watch los men Bubroto. next up we have tv shows that i loved from this year hi we're gonna start with um uh the first one which is and i'm just gonna say this before i jump into it marvel had a great year for tv shows they released a lot of different tv shows and my current official ranking of all the tv shows goes as one division what if hawkeye falcon and the winter soldier and loki loki is now at the bottom thank you for coming to my ted talk uh, but number one is WandaVision. I loved WandaVision. It's such a great show. And what I loved about WandaVision is that you didn't need to know the context, if that makes sense. Like, you didn't have to be familiar with the MCU or what's happened in the MCU for you to be truly moved by this. Um, I don't know. Uh, 
it treated itself like any other TV show. It didn't treat itself like a superhero TV show, which I loved. Um, and what I loved, and it's such, because when you boil it down, WandaVision is a story about grief. It's not about superhero grief. It's about grief. It's about this girl, this, it's about Wanda, who had everything taken away from her, had everyone taken away from her, and this is how she coped with it, you know? And it's about that moral struggle. It's about that philosophical struggle. It's such a great show. And I'm kind of sad that sometimes people want to dismiss it because it's like, yeah, it's a superhero show. Like, it's not. It's a really, it was a really good show. And if you haven't watched it yet, you should go watch it. Next up is What If. I know a lot of people might be a little bit confused as to why What If is ranked so high in my Marvel TV show, um, what's it called, ranking. But it's because... When you go into it, you think it's just going to be, like, an anthology series. It's just, like, oh, it's just going to be, like, a bunch of, like, stories that aren't going to connect. And then you watch it, and then they connect. Ah! It's so good, and it's so much fun. Like, it takes itself seriously, but it also realizes that, like, everyone who's watching it knows what it should have been, you know? So I just, it's so good. I think, um... The Doctor Strange episode, it made me cry. It made me sob. It's such a good episode. And I'm really excited for Multiverse of Madness because I've already seen some stills where people are, like, comparing shot by shot between What If and Multiverse of Madness. And it's, like, literally, like, the same shot for shot. So I'm really excited. Next up, like I said, these are shows that I watched this year. They may not necessarily have been released this year. And this show is Schitt's Creek. I watched, I started watching Schitt's Creek this year and I binged it with my mom in like two months. Maybe even less than two months, maybe like a month. This is such a good show. Like, I, we watched it because we wanted to see what all the Emmy buzz was about. And I get it now. It's so good as a show because it's six seasons they stopped it at six seasons because they knew exactly what they were gonna do and they did it and they accomplished it and the first two seasons are yeah kind of dreary but from like the third season onwards you see that things are starting to look up for this family you know so i know some people are kind of hesitant to watch it because people think it's a bit too like oh it's like it's like an adult comedy it's like you take itself too seriously like it's not it is literally like such it's it does really good family humor i love it so much um dan lovey owns my own whole heart um and the last show is a show that again that i watched this year but wasn't necessarily released this year and it's still going and it's a netflix show called family business it's a french show about the Azans, I think that's how you pronounce their last name, who own a boulangerie, 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 <laughs> a boulangerie, <laughs> um, like a butchery or whatever. And the oldest son gets wind and news from like his friends and stuff that weed is about to be legalized. So they start like growing and selling weed illegally with the hopes that it will become legal but it just devolves into like this family comedy like slapstick comedy like it's so good it's six episodes every single season the third season was released this year 
It is literally probably one of the funniest things I have ever watched this year. It is so hilarious. And it's the first three episodes are usually kind of slower in pace, but that's just because they're just setting up everything that's supposed to happen in the last three episodes. And I'm telling you, the last three episodes, even though each episode is 40 minutes long, it feels like it's 15. Like so much happens, but in such rapid succession, like you're like, what's happening now? What's happening now? What's happening now? It's so good. I think everyone should go watch it again if you were able to watch um i know some people are put off by having to watch things with subtitles but it is so good i also wanted to give like a shout out to squid game because i think it was a really great show and i think it is a really great show it's just that it's really not something that's to my taste if that makes sense no actually it really kind of is it's just that i wasn't able to watch it all the way through because my mom was the one who was interested in watching it and i was a bit too scared of the gore so <laughs> i was only able to catch a little bit here and there but i still think what i caught of it it was a very good show and i really do believe in the legacy it's going to leave behind and get so mad if it doesn't get nominated for an emmy i'm gonna burp again and now we're on to my final list and this list literally only exists because i am the person that i am and that is the list of all the white men that have captured my heart in the past year <laughs> i'm so embarrassed i think this is why i haven't entered a talking phase honestly forget about that like self-healing growth uh, thing that i was talking about earlier and this is why i've been preoccupied so number one my current wait, what of the month barry kogan hi hi Tell me why I am literally giggling. I hate you. Um, look, all I'm saying is that he has a really strong accent. He's I want to pinch him. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm literally burning out. Okay, next up we have Jack Harlow. I blame Brittany Broski for this. Brittany Broski really got me onto Jack Harlow. Um, I listened to his music and I watched like I think his interview with Drewski. This man literally has charisma. That's what it is. It's just it's his, his unwavering confidence. It's just perfection. Next up is Misha Collins. And the reason I say Misha Collins is not because of what everybody else is on this list. Misha Collins is the kind of person that I want to sit down to brunch with and then pick apart his brain. Like, I want to figure out how he works. <laughs> he sound like a scientist. I want to figure out how it works. But yeah, he he just as a person, it's just he eludes me. He eludes me. I wanna I wanna figure him out. <laughs> um, next up we have Tom Hiddleston, and I really do blame the fact that even though Loki is at the bottom of my list, those first three episodes and watching Tom do sort of like press again for Loki, really I was like, I'm vibing with you again. I'm vibing with you again. Uh, I thought I had stopped vibing with him, but no, I haven't. Uh, yeah, Tom Hiddleston, hi. 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 You're 40. Uh, <laughs> next up, we have Andrew Garfield. <laughs> yeah, I I will not have anyone come up to you. Like, it's just because this, 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 he's having his renaissance. I'm like, yeah, he is. But Andrew Garfield is also like... <sighs> Where's Andrew Garfield? Y'all, Andrew Garfield. Have you seen that man? Have you seen that man? That audio of him talking about Emma Stone she's like a shot of espresso I'm slapping my credit card I'm slapping it onto the table because I want that I don't pay for <laughs> and we've got some honorable mentions 
as you may or may not know already, I'm kind of in my Cherrick phase. I'm in that mood again. I just rewatched first class. This is what happens. So we've got some honorable mentions. This one is less of a person and more of a character, but specifically Lucas Till's Alex Summers. Hi, broken white boy. Hi, hi. Let me fix you. Hi, let me fix you. Hi, sit down and let me fix you. Thank you. Uh, and the next film on this list is again in my cherry feels. And I just watched this, um, what's it called? Like interview with Graham Norton where they were doing press runs for Days of Future Past. It was James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, and what am I going to go Logan Lerman? No, it's not Logan Lerman. It's Hugh Jackman. And James McAvoy has always sort of been a given for me. I'm pretty sure that he was sort of like my first celebrity crush. Um, I literally... <laughs> this is so embarrassing. But I literally remember like crying over the fact that I couldn't meet him. So embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, James McAvoy. But there's this segment of the show where Michael Fassbender like comes back onto set but this time with like his special like mojo music and then they all start dancing and I, in that moment I felt like I'm like why am I giggling <laughs> I'm so embarrassed for myself in that moment but yeah Michael Fassbender has made it onto this list and I'm kind of sad like I look at this list and I go oh my god I have issues but yeah yeah I think that concludes all of my lists for um this year so um with that being said uh yeah that's my full recap for 2021 uh before i sign off and i eventually go on my two week long hiatus that i always go on in between seasons thank you all so much for listening to this party i really hope that you enjoyed it that you you find some joy in listening to this party uh have a happy not new year because it's the 4th of january as of recording this um and yeah I hope you all have a wonderful year. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to this potty on whenever you listen to podcasts and to rate and review this potty on Apple Podcasts if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. Once again, this is your hostess with the mostest, Aubin, signing off uh, of this second season. Yeah. Okay. Bye!